tools for living, room to grow, a space of grace to become everything God wants us to be. You're listening to the Living Room Podcast with Joanna Weaver, episode 85. Hey there, friends. Hope you're doing well. I don't know about you, but May can be really crazy around here. It seems like all of the last-minute things of the school year pile on the month, as well as plans for summer. And I've got book stuff coming. I've got family stuff coming. And my baby boy is graduating from high school. I don't know about you, but my life is multidimensional. You and I wear lots of hats, and we have lots of responsibilities. And if we aren't careful, the cares and worries of life can weigh us down. That's why I'm so glad God doesn't ask us to do life on our own. Instead, He invites us to cast our cares on Him, commit our ways to Him, and learn to trust Him in all the things. Well, if you guys have been around online for any amount of time, you have probably come across Ruth Schwank and her incredible ministry, A Better Mom. She and Karen Eman have written a new devotional called Trusting God in All the Things. I love that title so much. Welcome to the living room, Ruth. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Joanna. Yes, yes. Oh, I I just love what you do and just your ministry is so beautiful. Can you just maybe describe the heart behind this book? Well, actually, Karen and I first met over 10 years ago now with when I started TheBetterMom.com. And it's a the Better Mom is a contributor website, so we have uh, moms from in, that are all different ages, different stages that are contributing to the site. And so Karen got involved that way. I asked her to be a writer for the site, um, and so from that time, then we kind of our friendship grew, and we've actually written uh, a few devotionals together now. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the journey. It's been a, a long journey. I can't believe we've known each other that long. Um, but every devotional, I think, comes from, and, and it's no different with our most recent one, Trusting God in All the Things. Every devotional that we've written really comes from a place of just where we are at or where we have been. We kind of, it, usually we just kind of start talking through things and pretty soon it's it's just evident mm. where we need to go um, with our resource that we are currently working on. And so that was that's how it was with Trusting God in All the Things. Um, Karen has been through quite a bit of loss over the last couple of years. Um, I have years ago had five miscarriages. A handful of years ago, my husband was diagnosed with cancer. And so just lots of things went into play where it was like this. It's not only okay, And then it's not only the big things that seem big that we need to trust God in. But we started talking. We're like, it's literally all of these everyday little things that you don't even realize are getting to you as well. You know that you don't even realize you're you're not handing over to God as well. So that's kind of where this whole idea bloomed, you know, is just as we kind of talked through all of that. Mm, I love that. I love that. Because it really is. I you know the more I think about trusting God and write about trusting God, I'm realizing it's an everyday trust. It's a decision, yes. mom, almost sometimes moment by moment in the big and the little things. Because I don't know about you, but if I'm not consciously making that decision, it's kind of easy, even as a Christian, to just kind of coast through life, doing my stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's when I come against those hard things or even those daily things and realize, I don't have the answer. I need you, Lord. And I think that's why I love 
I love these 90 devotions for finding your peace in every day because you guys just talk about a lot of topics. What were some of your favorite ones? Yeah, well, we talk about everything. Well, parenting maybe was what I have four kids and um, my oldest is actually almost 20. I'm not even sure how that happened so quickly, but I have a almost 20 year old, a 17 year old, 15 year old and 13 year old. And so just probably me stating their ages lets you know why, you know, that is a topic <laughs> that's important to me. Um, so I think parenting, we talk about finances. Uh, I think, you know, honestly, parenting and finances, um, just areas that you want to control in your life. Those are, I feel like those are a lot of those little everyday things that you don't even realize you're obsessing about, mm -hmm. you know, and then you're like, oh, wait. Lord, you're in control of this. Why do I keep worrying right. about it? Um, so those are some of the the topics that we cover. Mm, that's so good. Well, it's a really beautiful format. You guys just have an entry each day. And then you have each day you invite us to points to ponder and pausing to pray. And I love that it's very interactive, but it's so beautiful. I just want to mm. touch it all day long because the cover <laughs> is just oh. gorgeous. I love that. Yeah. You know, as I've just been thinking about trusting God and, and how to do it more, you know, I, I've come to realize that it really is an active choice. And sometimes we think it's about our feelings, you know, and if we don't feel like we can trust God, we're not sure how to get there. How has, how has trusting God, how have you learned to trust him more? Mm. Well, I mentioned some of those topics and, and what I failed to mention was that we also talk about some of those bigger things that are life changing where you're like, you have no choice but to cling to God. You know, I think those there's those daily things where we kind of we, we brush it off. We don't even realize it that we're not surrendering mm -hmm. to him. But then there the, there's those bigger life changing things like a health diagnosis or, uh, you know, loss, whatever it is where you have no choice um, but to cling to him. And I think for me, what I've learned, um, especially over the last handful of years was, was just that there was, well, there were several things that I learned, but I think the biggest things that I learned, well, first of all, my husband is a pastor. So we've been in ministry for over 25 years. And I would say that when he was diagnosed with cancer, like four years ago was the first, like our eyes were opened. And mm -hmm. I'll just speak for myself and say that my eyes were opened. We had walked with people through so many things, yeah. but never did I really understand. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Until you've been through something like that, you don't get it. And so I would say that the biggest, sorry, it makes me a little bit emotional, but the biggest thing for me was realizing that realizing the depth of that type of suffering mm -hmm. And, and realizing that I hadn't really understood what other people were going through. And it changed everything for me because I, I mean, I remember thinking, you know, it might be somebody I'm walking by in the grocery store and you're like, wow, I, I wonder what that person is going through. Like there's all of mm -hmm. us suffer. All of mm -hmm. us go through hard things. None of us escape it. And I, I think that we don't, we can tend to feel alone in our hardships and in our trials and our suffering. And what we need to remember is that, you know, there's so many people who are suffering around us. And I would say that when that, 
you know, as we've gone through his cancer, that was one of the biggest things is all of a sudden my eyes were open to, you know, I remember sitting at stoplight and looking over and thinking, I wonder what that woman is going through right now. And um, I just, I think I didn't really get it until, until something like this hard, until I had faced something this hard. Yeah. I, I just had the privilege of talking to Johnny Erickson Tata and, mm. you know, just about her life of faith that has been so inspirational and asked, asked her about that. And she goes, you know, I, she goes, I think until you meet a dead end where you don't mm. have any options except Jesus, you, you don't really know how to trust him. And, mm-hmm. and we were just talking a lot about how I think sometimes I think sometimes as Christians, we have this idea that the Christian life is supposed to be just one victory after another, that that's what God's favor looks like, that that's what a Mm -hmm. successful Christian life is. But it's God's presence in the middle of suffering. You know, it's Mm. his presence where we don't have the answers and, and, but yet he somehow meets us. What were some little God moments of ways that the Lord met you during that time? That not only transformed your understanding of other people's suffering, but maybe even your understanding of God. Mm. Well, I would say the two biggest things I learned was, like I already mentioned, to understand the suffering of of others. The second thing would be that I had a whole new understanding of the suffering of Jesus. And I think um, in that, we almost learn to share in his sufferings. You and you see suffering as a gift, mm. which I know is so countercultural right. and counterintuitive to what we, you know. I am like the eternal optimist. I do not want suffering. <laughs> you know what I mean? You. I'm like, there's a better day tomorrow. You know, I'm I'm always in like, but when you come to that mm. point, a dead end, like you said, Johnny Erickson Tata mentioned, there's there's nothing you can do. There's nothing yeah. I can do to change it. I can only cling to Him, and I think there there was that whole new understanding of the suffering of mm-hmm. Jesus and what he had been through. And I would say that my perspective on trials and suffering changed to see them as a gift to draw me closer to mm-hmm. Jesus first and foremost, but also to, um, well, I, I guess that is what draws me closer to Jesus is understanding that suffering more. Um, and, and understanding that God's going to to use it yeah. in my life um, for good, for the good of others and for the good of, of my relationship with him. And so I think, you know, the God moments, uh, the, that's the biggest God moment to me. And mm-hmm. I would say one of the biggest things I've learned. Um, but I do see that he was he has been there with me in those times when you're, you know, uh, and I'm sure there's people listening that can identify with this. When you're just like looking for a scripture, like, Lord, I need some hope here. Yeah. And that's not me. Like, I don't typically, like I said, I'm an optimist. There is hope. I have faith. I am. But when you are at that dead end and you are searching for any scripture to give you hope, you know, that I would say that's where God showed up to me many times mm-hmm. um, was through scripture and just, and that was really, and prayer. And the, those were the two things that I could turn to the most. Yeah. 
You know, it's so funny because we we try to escape any kind of suffering. I'm like you. I'm like you, Ruth. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bring on the goodies, God, you know, and rah, rah. Right. Yeah. And, but I'm just realizing that when you look at the New Testament, there is definitely a theology of suffering. And mm. there's something that happens in those hard moments that maybe can't happen anywhere else. You know, mm. I, I, I think about the Old Testament. The Israelites were surrounded by blessings. Yet it was mm-hmm. never enough. They kept turning away from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And and so I love that God, he like harnesses the plots of the enemy and he flips them on the head and he goes, mm-hmm. look what I can do with this. Satan meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Mm-hmm. And I think that what happens is when we suffer, it exposes what we really believe about mm-hmm. God. And it really purifies our relationship yes. with him. Um, And we cling to the things of this world less when all we can do is cling to him. And so I think, you know, that is definitely what happens when we face suffering that we can't fix. Yeah. Oh, and you sort of just, let's just boil it down to what the (laughs) issue is, the things you can't fix, because don't we want to be fix it? Like there's certainly got to be a way to fix this. And um, yeah. And so then again, we end up coasting through life, maybe calling ourselves Christian, but not really having that intimate friendship mm. and dependence on the Lord. I love that. Love it. Yeah. And you know, that reminds me, I, a verse that I would, um, you said we don't have that, you know, we don't, we coast through life, don't have that intimate relationship with the Lord. And I would say, that well, one verse that I actually had on a note card the, for the last handful of years until I memorized it um, was Psalm nine ten, which is those who know your name trust in you, for you have never forsaken those who seek you. And um, the very first part of that verse, those who know your name, yes. is so powerful because we can't know His name mm-hmm. if we don't spend time with Him. And when we know His name, we know who He is. We know He's faithful. We know He's healer. Yeah. We know He's righteous and just and you know all the things that we know about his name he's sovereign we know that about god um, when we spend time with him and it mm-hmm. says those who know your name trust in you yeah. for you have never forsaken those who seek you and i just that that to me was a reminder of you know those moments that maybe there's somebody listening who isn't going through something big right now. They're just struggling a little bit with trusting God and different things, but nothing like life altering. Um, and maybe they feel like their time spent with the Lord is a little dry. And I would just say that those times that you spend with God today, they matter for tomorrow. Yeah. They matter for when you will, because like I said, we all will face suffering yeah. um, and they matter for when those times come, because like that verse says, those who know your name trust in you. So when you've spent the the time now getting to know him and know who he is, it makes you stronger for those times when you honestly don't even, you know, know what to do. Yeah. And and I'm just so thankful, you know, that I feel like that's what, when I, that verse, the reason I had it on a note card was just to remind me to keep going to him, but also to remind me of, of, of how important it was that I had spent years getting to know him and that I continue to do that. Oh, oh, I think this is so important, Ruth, Mm -hmm. because sometimes I do think we think, well, you know, when I have time, I'm going to deepen my walk with the Lord. Or, or yeah, I can understand if you're up against the wall, you'd need to, but you're so right. It's these daily things. It's opening the word mm-hmm. and going, well, 
that was nice, but I don't know if I got anything, you know, just to be honest, right? Right. But what we don't understand, it's precept upon precept. We're like storehousing mm-hmm. treasures that the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us, will bring back to remembrance just right when we need it. And it's interesting that you brought that know your name because that's really been the adventure of writing my book on trusting God was mm. really like actually studying the attributes of God, you know, which sounds so theological and you know, I'm a pastor's wife too. So I, I, you know, we're church girls. We know the yeah. word. But I, he is just blowing my mind with who he mm. is. And it's interesting because that the Hebrew word for name, when we know God's name, it's not just his name or even the different names that are given in the word. It's his character. It's mm, his nature. Yes. It's the truth about who God is. And I'm just finding that if I can really know what's true about him, it doesn't matter what might be true about my situation because God that's trumpets, true. he trumps my mm-hmm. situation, but we've got to get in the word. And that's why I love, I love devotionals. I'm kind of a devotional <laughs> girl. I really, I really am. <laughs> I do too. I love them. As a 20, I was a 28 year old pastor's wife, Ruth, before I learned how to have a quiet time. You know, mm-hmm. I just yeah. assumed mm-hmm. I had to read through the Bible in a year. And so I'd get stuck in numbers or Deuteronomy and go, well, mm-hmm. I guess I can't get close to Jesus until next January. And it's so <laughs> silly, right? So silly, the things we do in our mind. But it was devotionals that just gave mm-hmm. me that chance to have something to focus my heart on. I love that you guys open with a verse. And so mm-hmm. you're pointing us to God's word. But it's that thing that even those busy mamas out there, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's maybe a three to five minute read, even maybe response time where you're just jotting down thoughts real quick. I think so many times when it comes to our walk with God, we make it all or nothing. Yes. And if we can't yes. do it all, we end up doing nothing. What if you learned about that? We call it spiritual disciplines, but it's so much more than that. It's that relationship. What have you learned over the years? Well, what I've learned over the years, I be, I became a Christian when I was in high school, and um, I actually went to the Moody Bible Institute, and I remember I literally knew nothing hardly about the Bible, and it was like crash course, right? <laughs> and I I yeah, that was a lot. Um, but over the years, uh, I would say obviously reading the Bible, but devotionals, I I love devotionals too, and I would say. You know, there's some devotionals that um, don't quite have the depth. Ours, we really, really try to go very deep. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll see that as you read through the devotional in these short devotions, because and, and that's what I don't want, because I think sometimes we have, uh, we think of devotionals as a little fluffy or not, not these. And there are great devotionals out there that can really point you to God's word and you can learn yeah. a nugget of truth, you know, that's so powerful in just a short amount of time. And you can take it further than that if yeah. you want. But I would say that they have, you know, devotionals really helped me because like, I didn't grow up in the church. Yeah. I didn't know you know, I didn't even know where to start. And so they really helped me grow in my relationship with the Lord and my knowledge of scripture. Um, I would say in the different seasons, quiet times look different. And that's what I always say. And I think, you know, our tendency, I'm an all or nothing, nothing person. And, you know, you feel like, oh, well, I forgot it today. Oh, I forgot it the next day. But I always am like, if you forget it today, just do it the next Amen. day. Like preach. Sister. And it will, <laughs> it will add up over time. Yes. It's that day by day journey. Yes. You know, I missed yesterday. Well, I'll grab 
my devotional yes. today. And I think you will get to an to a point where you realize it's so important to you. I'm at that point where I cannot, like I have to get up and I have to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. in prayer and with my devotional because I've been through a lot. Yeah. In the you know, and that's been my lifeline and so I think you get to that point mm-hmm. eventually. But don't give up just because you miss a day. Just keep going because that adds up. If you're consistent over the years, that adds up. Just like we've already been talking about day after day. It's a lifelong journey of trusting Jesus. It really is. It really is. I think we underestimate the power of the little, mm, you know? Yes. Um, I, I can't remember who wrote about it, but they just taught it, it was some sort of leadership type book or, you know, self-improvement. But it just talked about if you only get 1% better each day, mm, yeah, it, the exponential effect. And I don't know, this sounds a little super spiritual, but I have just been feeling in my spirit that God, um, and maybe it's because of the times we're living in, but that God wants to exponentially open our mm. understanding. You know, and so we might feel like, well, I'm behind. I mean, I I know that I probably have some listeners who would say, Joanna, I've been a Christian for 40, 50 years, and I haven't really known how. I mean, that was my Mm. burden. That was my struggle. I didn't know how to get into the word. I Mm -hmm. I, I would have been raised in the church, Ruth, but nobody had shown me how to like go to the word of God and just get a nugget for today. I I had Mm. a whole lot, lot of lists of what I ought to be and ought to do but I didn't know how to cultivate that relationship with Jesus. And I think, I think that's, that's where deep and I can so agree because fluffy, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. There's so much <laughs> fluffy. I, I need a little deep to chew on. I want some meat. Yes, exactly. And that's what we, you know, that's what we definitely strive for in these devotionals. And I just think it's a good place to start. And what I didn't mention is I think back to the season of when my kids were really little and it felt like impossible to like, you know, like that just to think about getting up every morning and spending time in God's word, like that was not my reality. And so I think we have to be, have grace with ourselves and realize that there are there are different seasons and we just continue being faithful in those seasons. And maybe it's during nap time yes. that you pick up your devotional and you get into God's word. It's going to look different in every season, but I think it's that consistent faithfulness over the years that adds up. Yeah, it really does. And we're blessed with such a, just a plethora of resources. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's turning on the version app for reading scripture while you're doing the dishes or, you know, listening to a yeah. podcast or something that we're just feeding our soul. And I don't know about you, but I found, um, I found that when I begin to partake, I start to get hungry, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. It's, it's that getting into his word. It's that, you know, setting a little bit of time, even if it's just five minutes. I think that's what I, I've realized is, oh my goodness, the Lord can meet me in five minutes, you mm-hmm. know? But as I start there, the hunger grows and I want more right. and more. Yeah. And I think that the, you know, it doesn't just have to be one time Mm -hmm. that during the day that you spend time with him, you can, um, I just remember over the last few years writing verses in a a little journal that I kept with me everywhere in case I needed that encouragement. If I was struggling, like that could be what it looks Mm -hmm. like pulling that you're, you're in your car waiting in a car pickup line for your kids. And you pull that little journal out and you're looking at those scriptures because you need need to remind your heart of that. Or you set a reminder on your phone to pray at, 
at noon every day or whatever that is. It, this can be throughout the day. It doesn't always have to be this long, drawn out time with God, although that would be wonderful. It's not everybody's reality. Right. That's so good. That's so good. It's almost like we're letting ourselves off the hook that we put on ourselves, you know, those expectations. Mm -hmm. And and then there's room to just become <laughs> and grow. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a pastor's wife. I'm a pastor's wife. And, um, and I just, one of the things I wondered, because we've got some women who are ministry women leading Bible studies or, or pos perhaps positions in church. And, and like you said, it's so easy um, when you're walking with hurting people, try to, try to be the answer girl. And, and yeah, you find out maybe you don't have as many answers as you need, or mm -hmm. maybe you've been kind of flippant because you haven't understood suffering. Appreciate so much how you shared that your own hard times give you a whole different level mm -hmm. of, of empathy. But what have been, uh, you know, I've just been as I wrote my new book, I've been thinking about my journey and those God things, those lessons that I've learned. And so many of them have been in the ministry level, like learning mm -hmm. how to let go of my ambition and what I think successful mm -hmm. ministry looks like, um, learning how to navigate uh, conflict or diff difficult relationships in the church. What are some things that you've learned about trusting God in ministry? Well, um, you know, obviously with my husband being a pastor, we, we're local church ministry, but I think this also pertains to all the online ministry and everything else. And I think I had to learn, and I am very ambitious and I just, you know, I could become a workaholic really, you know, because I, there's a purpose and meaning behind it. And that matters a lot to me. And I feel very driven to, to reach women across the world and I had to be okay with number one, not being okay. Hmm. And number two, I had to have grace with myself that I, I couldn't do it all. Yeah. And I had to take that burden off of myself. Yeah. And um, I would say it was about two years ago, literally, I'm like all this time. And this was only two <laughs> years ago that I finally realized this, but um, I remember uh, coming home from church and I had this complete like epiphany, like, oh my word, Lord, why for all these years have I been doing this? But every, so on a Sunday morning, I, I, I don't know. I like, like I'm assessing the whole place, all the people there. I want to make sure everybody's taken care yep. of. I want to get to as many people as I can. I don't want anybody to feel like yes. they weren't welcome. Yes. You know, I want to, if I could just say, oh, I forgot to ask so-and-so how this went or how so-and-so is doing. Or, and there were times that I, well, many times that I would be coming home from church thinking, oh, like I was just like mm -hmm. so bummed that, and, and just almost disappointed that and worried that I hadn't gotten yeah. to this person and this person and this person. And on that particular Sunday, a couple of years ago, it was like the Lord said to me, you don't have to take care of these people because I am. Mm. And I, and there was this, it, it was almost like I wasn't trusting God, that God knew these people better than I did, that he could take yeah. care of them. I didn't have to put that burden on myself. And and that really came, you know, because I was already going through so much mm -hmm. during that time. I would say that's the biggest thing that I learned as far as our local church ministry was that that I had actually been, you know, not trusting God with yeah. those people by feeling like I had to take care of every need 
that they had. And, and they, it was nobody else was putting that on me but myself. It was, it was something I was putting on myself. And so I started to work on it. I've gotten way better where, I mean, I still talk to as many people as I can. I do as much as I can, but I, I'm okay with what I can't get to. And so I'd say that's probably the biggest thing I've learned. Oh, it's so big. So, (laughs) so big. Yeah. And a similar lesson for me, you know, because I, I'd lay in bed thinking of all the things I hadn't done the things I'd done, but not very well, the people who'd fallen through the cracks. And Mm -hmm. in reality, I think I sort of had this false idea. I had to be everybody's Messiah. And thank God I'm not. Exactly. (laughs) That's how I felt. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I love, and we, it's great that we love people and want them taken care of. But we aren't their savior. And I think, you know, I realized that I was actually not trusting that God was in control. That was the bottom line. Yeah. I think one of the breakthroughs for me, and it's, again, goes along with that same thing, was being able to go, okay, Lord, (laughs) there's so many, there's so many needs. It can be crushing. But will Mm -hmm. you show me what you want me to do today? Mm, I love that. And so rather than beating myself for the ways I failed, or I didn't ask that question, or I didn't follow up with that. It's like, Lord, I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me to the people that you want me to lead to be, and that you're going to take care of the rest. Because otherwise, it is just torment, torment mm. to constantly be yeah. feeling like you're failing and you're letting people down. And so, such great advice, such great advice, Ruth. Any anything about coming as you come alongside your husband and ministering to him have you learned about trusting god in your marriage well yeah i mean we've had um obviously just being through so much together but um i would say he really you know some of those same practices that i talked about as far as writing you know verses um he was he's he does the same thing um i think for me, just trusting that God had, has him in his hands and he'll take care of him because there's only, again, here I'm at this point, I, I, there's nothing, you know, I have to trust that God loves him so much. He will take care of him. There's only so much I can do. Um, and so I think the biggest thing as far as like trusting God in my marriage was just trusting that I could surrender him to God. Um, and that really the most the most impactful thing for me to do is to pray for him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love how you talked about um, that, that there had been that, that rich storehouse of the word, but navigating just even the thought, I might not have my husband anymore. How, how were you ever able, or are you, have you been able to wrap your head around that? Uh, You know, I think that again was just, I would say the biggest thing for me was going to scripture over and over and over again. And I don't know any other answer than that. I mean, that is because we, because I know that I won't ever be alone. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And that, and that Mm -hmm. was the reminder that I needed. And I needed to know that God saw everything in my life, saw the situation and that he was in control and I could trust him no matter what. And so I wish there was a manual that said this, this, and this, you know, that's the reality of life. There isn't, you know, and you feel like, God, I cannot do this, you know, um, sorry. 
but you you realize in those times that he keeps meeting you there yeah and he keeps showing up and he keeps he keeps being right beside you and you know that you can trust him no matter what and i would just say that i mean i i like i said earlier i remember just flipping through the pages of my bible just almost frantically yeah. looking yeah. for hope like god please i need i need you to and i need you to show me something and i remember praying many many times lord please bring me good news today mm-hmm. that was like all i could pray yeah and so i think you know i don't have an answer except for that yeah that you have to cling so closely to God because he really is the only one that can help you through those times that are just so dark and so hard um, that you're at rock bottom. There's nothing else to do, but he will meet you there. Yeah. And I think the time, the days that I, I wasn't clinging to him were the really hard days. Mm -hmm. The days that I was, I knew that he, I felt stronger. He was there with me. And so I think, you know, that's our answer. Get as close to him as we can. Yeah. Well, Lord, we need your help for that because it doesn't come naturally. And I can almost hear women saying, but how, how rude, you know, I think we do want that manual because we're, we're so afraid that we don't know how to do it. But uh, I just hear you saying, go into the word, but also inviting God into that situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, like I said, it, it was praying, it was praying, you know, sometimes you don't even know what to pray, but it's like, Lord, bring me good news today. I mean, that is literally a prayer I prayed all the time. Lord, help me. Lord, I don't think I can do that. You know, things like that. And then I, I know I mentioned that little journal writing Bible verses. When you do come across those Bible verses, write them down. Or maybe it's a quote that you come across. Write that down because you that's with you then. You can pull that out. You can look at it when you need it. And I'll say the, the last thing is I have this little wooden cross that I would hold in my hand. I would put it in my pocket. <laughs> and the comfort that comes from... <laughs> Sorry. No. It's the comfort that comes from it was a reminder to me, yeah. you know, that God was with me. I mean, I would hold it under my pillow at night. Yeah. And and that's just the reality of the really, really hard things. And there's some things that we can do to just keep God near yeah. or to, to to remind us yes. that He is near. Tangible reminders. And so those Exactly. Some of those simple things like writing those verses, having something like that little cross that I I can't even tell you what that meant to me if I would wake up in the middle of the Mm -hmm. night. And so that's what I would say for someone who's really, really struggling. You know, obviously go to God, go to his word and don't stop. Keep, you know, write those verses down, get something that's going to remind you of him. Maybe it's a necklace that has, I have a necklace that has a, a little, all it is is a little circle. And it's, um, and I can't remember the Bible verse that it represents at at this time, but it's about how God is surrounding Mm -hmm. us. And so I would remember as I was wearing that necklace, I needed that necklace because it kept reminding me, God is with you. God is surrounding you. And so it's just things like that. Like you said, tangible reminders so that we know and know without a doubt that he is right there beside us. I love that. And I love, I love that whole idea of Lord, send something good today. 
but then also, Lord, give me eyes to see it. Yes. Because <laughs> when we're walking through the hard things, it's hard to see the good things. Even the mm-hmm. small, the small God kisses that he is right. clean along the way. Oh, this is so rich, Ruth. Where can people find out more about you and your ministry and your books? Yeah, well, I would just recommend going. I'm mostly on Instagram. Uh, that's where I am mostly every day. And that's at Ruth Schwenk, which is S-C-H-W-E-N-K. Um, you can also find me on Facebook or my website is thebettermom.com. Awesome. Awesome. And I know you have written a book about your journey with your husband, right? Can you tell us that quick? Yeah, that's um, it's called In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake, mm-hmm. Trusting the God Who Meets Us in Our Storm. And that our story is woven throughout that. But, you know, I can't even tell you the countless people that we have mm-hmm. heard from who are walking through really hard times and, and how that has pointed them to hope. So there is it is filled with scripture. And and if you're walking through something really hard, that I would just really recommend picking that book up because it shares our story, but it's way yeah. more than that. Yeah. It's, how, it's how you can face the trials oh, of life. I love it. Thank you, Lord, for Ruth. <laughs> As we close, I first of all, I just want to thank you for being so genuine and vulnerable with this. Because <laughs> you know what? There's people on the other side of this podcast mm-hmm. that are hurting so deeply and they feel yeah. so alone. And I just appreciate you sharing just the reality of that, but also those mm-hmm. practical tools. But I would so love it if you'd pray over those girls out there. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'd love to. Lord, I just, um, I lift up the women listening right now. And um, I guess I'm, I'm thinking of in particular, uh, the woman who is, is really struggling, God, um, that you would just make your presence known to her in this moment, Lord, that that you would encourage her heart, Lord, that you would bring her good news, yes. that she would see that you are there yes. in the midst of the circumstances that she is facing and that she would, would know without a doubt that she is not alone, Amen. God, and that you will walk with her, you'll walk before her, behind her, beside her, Lord, that you won't let her go, that you will care for her yes. in this time. I pray that she would keep turning to you, Lord, Yes, that she would keep looking to you for strength, God, because we know that you are the only source of that, that strength that we need. Thank you, Lord. I just pray, God, um, for the woman who's, who's listening, who maybe isn't, isn't struggling as deeply as I've, uh, as I've talked about. Um, but you know, she's just struggling to, to, uh, relent those things to you, Lord, daily that are, that are just kind of bothering her. She's feeling overwhelmed by Lord. Would you remind her that, that you're in control, Mm -hmm. God, would you remind her that she can trust you in every little thing? Thank you. That you will take care of her, Lord. I just, I thank you so much for this this time that we've had together, Lord. And I just pray that that you would use this conversation to encourage hearts and give women hope, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I hope you were encouraged by today's episode. It's easy to forget that we have a God who cares about the little things as well as the big things 
He wants to be involved in every aspect of our lives. You can learn more about Ruth and her ministry, as well as the devotionals she's written with Karen Eman, over at today's show notes, joannaweaverbooks.com forward slash 085. And while you're there, be sure to listen to Karen's episode, number 47. She and I talk about the important ministry of hospitality. If you happen to enjoy the Living Room Podcast and have a few extra minutes, would you mind leaving a rating and review? It really helps get this podcast in front of more people, and I'd love to share your review on a future episode. If you like to share podcasts on social media, use the hashtag Living Room Podcast, and I'll try to stop by your page and say hi as well. With so many podcast options, I want you to know it means a lot that you've made the Living Room a part of your life. You're in my prayers often because I really, really do ask the Lord to help each and every one of us live in love and lead like Him. Have a wonderful day, my friend.